Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. And uh, 
um, I remember them saying that, you know, when they're walking in the streets together, you know, uh, Bishop Battle will walk, behind, you know, like behind her and watch her walk. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We also talked about noticing the good stuff, you know, as women, especially, especially, especially. You know, we always not only notice the good stuff, but we highlight the bad stuff, you know, and, you know, when there ain't a whole lot of bad stuff, but there's more good stuff than bad stuff, and that might be worth highlighting. Yeah, I know this should make him happy. Ah, don't be afraid of a good uh, uh, fight, quote, unquote, and um, there were some things that Bishop Battle brought into the conversation yesterday that he had gotten from some other people. Yeah, he said that, you know, he used to um, spend time with an older couple and, you know, the benefits, you know, of having them, you know, drop some gems in his life. And... um you know, it was really, it was really good. It was really good, really good. And um, you know, he has taken that advice and been able to, you know, put it into the marriage and his relationship, and you know, watch it manifest into something, you know. Positive, You know, a lot of times we take advice, but we don't take the best advice. You know, he has said what, um, you know, some others have, you know, other couples have said to us, you know, be careful of the, you know, of the advice that comes from your single friend network or your single people network, all the cousins and, you know, and the sisters and the brothers and, Sometimes you got to even watch out for mama's advice. Yeah, because that ain't always going to be good. You know, mama may not have the relationship that you've been blessed with. Papa may not have had the relationship you're blessed with. So, you know, you can't always even take, you know, your parents' advice because based on, you know, everything that they have gone through, you may not... uh be talking about the same thing, you know, so be careful of the advice you take, but, you know, the the information that uh, Bishop was given and, and Lady Brenda was given yesterday, they were, they were coming strong with their stuff, honey. They've been, you know, working it out for 30 plus years. Yeah, I think they know a little bit of something. And then we're not talking about just any kind of relationship in 30 years. We're talking about, you know, the relationship um, of some good people. We're talking about good 30-year advice, okay? So be careful of, you know, all of the relationship um, information that, 
you know, you get. Because it ain't going to always benefit you. Okay? All righty. Well, let's see. We're talking about the switch tip now. Now, study for yourself. Ooh, baby. Now, this one was good. This one was good. And and switch tips are always good. Switch tips are always good. They're always hitting home. And, you know, you want to make sure that, again, you know, here we go again. You know, the switch tip always kind of, you know, uh, hits home to the conversation that we were talking about. And, you know, study for yourself, you know, uh, Shantice talked about the fact that, you know, you're, let's say, mm -hmm, you're listening to the pastor (laughs) or you're listening to your preacher and, you know, people are so quick to follow what they've heard, what they've been told, what they've been taught. And, you know, the Bible says that beware of, Wolves in sheep's clothing. It ain't going to always be honesty coming from that pulpit. It's not always going to be honesty coming from that pulpit. So in that case, you know, the Bible tells us to study to show yourself approved, you know. And if you have to study to show yourself approved, then you're going to have to make sure that you're following what the Word of God says first before you're following what, you know, the person says. Now, I understand that, you know, you may have been, you know, hearing some things, but if that Bible doesn't say it, I don't care how strong I don't care how much they may seem right, they may seem correct. If, you know, if it's not matching up with the Word of God, then uh, you may want to make some moves. Because, we, you know, the Bible also tells us to worship in spirit and in truth. So how much spirit and truth do you got coming from the mouths of those who are ministering to you from that pulpit? You know, when you turn on, you know, your YouTube and you want to follow, you know, all these ministers, you know, this, uh, what's his name, Joel Osteen. You know, all he does is tell a nice story, you know. I I have never seen Joe Osteen with a Bible in his hand. Ever. So, uh, mm-mm-mm. You know, you got to make sure that you do your own studying. Okay? So, you know, just mm, get that word in you. Uh, and it's going to make sure. It's going to come true. Yes, the word always proves itself. Okay? So, you know, let's make sure that we do what we need to do. And uh, we please God in all that we do. Because when we study consistently, 
we're also reading that we're supposed to meditate on it day and night. Okay? You have to put some things down in order to study and, you know, just kind of let it marinate in you day and night. You can't always be moving. You can't always be, you know, uh, uh, digging up into things and, and trying to figure out how the Word of God is going to take root in your life. Okay? So, uh, that's how we spend our Monday morning. Okay? Okay. Well, today. Today is Let's Talk About It Tuesday Church Folk Day. And uh, we got some things to talk about. And I got some, you know, little trivia, you know, you might be interested in. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's Tuesday, so we're going to talk about it. And we got all kinds of stuff to talk about today. We do. We do, we do. Okay. So uh, go get that healthy breakfast. Go tell somebody that it's due time with Pastor Steph is on. And uh, whatever you do, don't go anywhere because we'll be right back. You're listening to WPSU's Health Minute, a collaboration with Penn State's College of Nursing. Glaucoma is a group of eye diseases that causes increased eye pressure, which can result in damage to the optic nerve, vision loss, and even blindness. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says anyone can get glaucoma, but the risk is higher for people with a family history of the disease, African Americans over the age of 40, and people over 60. Changes in eye pressure due to glaucoma can happen slowly over time, and there may be no symptoms. There's currently no cure for the disease, But early detection and medical treatment can help increase your chances of avoiding permanent vision loss. For more information, contact your eye care specialist and visit the CDC website at cdc.gov. Join us next week for WPSU's Health Minute. For more episodes, visit wpsu.org slash health minute. I'm Shereen Stanford, WPSU. Trivia, and um, 
know, it might be something that you're interested in. It might be something that you're not, but, you know, it makes somebody happy. Well, you know, we're always talking about being good people and what the Word of God says about us. You know, being good people and all that kind of good stuff. And, you know, we love entertainment. We love entertainment. And, um, you know, we have our favorite actors and actresses and things like that. And I came across this article that talks about the celebrities who may be some of the worst people in Hollywood. You know, people don't want to deal with them. And, you know, it's it's, uh, it's interesting because, you know, some of these people on this list may be people you don't even, you, you know, you may not even know, um, and, and you know them by face. You know, I I just live in a household where it's funny because it's not just me. The girls also they they know faces, they know names. Um, you know, we were listening to the Bible experience, and you know, I was able to call out. I was like, "All right, come on, let's play the name game." And Teresa was like, "I don't know people's names like that." And in this house, it's like we know people. We know the names. We know the faces. And it's funny because we all kind of watch the same um, type of TV or same type of entertainment. So if that person doesn't come up on one person's radar, it'll come up on the other. So all we have to do is describe the person and... Somebody's like, oh, so-and-so, and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yes, we're the ones who like to watch the credits go all the way to the end. And don't let there be a good song playing because we, we surely love, we surely love to watch the credits then. So when I came across, I've come across this a couple of times. And, you know, let's talk about it, too. There's somebody to talk about some of the people that... You know, that people don't really enjoy working with. And like I said, it might be some people who are, you know, some people you don't know. But I thought I'd get it in there anyway. And I don't know how long this list is. I'm going to try to carve out the people that I really think you may know. Okay. Now, let's. See who's on this list. Christian Bale. Now, I know Christian Bale's face. So just pull it up. Just pull it up as we're talking. Christian Bale. Um let's see. They say he is a ticking time bomb. They say a little too devoted. If you ask the people that work with him, they say it appears that he takes his craft so seriously to a point people might not even want to work with him anymore. And they say he's had several meltdowns on site, and um, he's 
always dropping the F-bombs. And, you know, the director of photography does not like to work with him at all. Okay? They say Sean Connery. Now, we all know Sean Connery. He's the one. He was one of the 007s. One of, you know, they, they all had some kind of, you know, nice looks to them, but he had that accent. And he's played in other movies. But he was best known for, you know, uh, you know, the 007 movies. Um, I can't think of 007 Man. What's his name? Send it to me. What's, what's, James Bond. James Bond. James Bond. James Bond. Well, they say that, you know, when you would watch him in movies, he always had that, you know, that kind of swag, you know. They said, oh, no. They said his neighbors could not stand him. They say they even sued him for $30 million. They say um, his townhouse neighbors weren't happy with him renovating and all the noise. And he countersued, uh, but neither party won. They had to kind of, you know, settle out of court. Hmm, who else? Oh, well, I'm not surprised this one comes up on the radar. Robert Downey Jr., you know him. He's Iron Man. Um, Yeah, but he was a big mess prior to him really getting on this Iron Man kick. And maybe even a little bit of mess after he was on the Iron Man kick. Yeah, he was something else. He was unfortunately really um, addicted to drugs and um, he really had it rough there for a minute, you know. But it seemed that when he got the Iron Man um, uh, gig, that he wasn't, you know, as bad, um, you know, on that level. But they said that um, he was really a mess on the outside. And we've heard a lot of stories about him. Now, Chevy Chase. Now, I don't know who's into, you know, the Saturday Night Live and... um, the vacation movies. I'm trying to think of, um, he used to do some whole, you know, whole series of, you know, this vacation movie thing. And um, they said he had a hard time getting along with cast members and crew members. For a long time, nobody liked to work with him. Sharon Stone... Y'all know Sharon Stone. Y'all know Sharon Stone, the one with who played in Basic Instinct. And, you know, that was always the uh, the big thing about her because, do you remember, she had the scene where she crossed her legs and she didn't have any panties on. Yeah, they said she was some kind of, you know, when she was in her day, she was some kind of mess, big mess. Ah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Always got my... 
Peanut Gallery European Vacation. Remember that? Y'all remember that. Thank you, thank you, thank you for my little background. Yes, the European Vacations. Oh, he used to get on my nerves with that. I hated those series, series of those movies. But they say Sharon Stone, they say it was absolutely ridiculous. Um, and nobody um, really liked to work with her. Um, Sylvester Stallone, they say, had a thing for water. Now I got to be a little, you know, a little uh, careful. Because I know some people can say that about me. Uh, they say he caused a lot of water damage in his house. Yeah. And uh, they had to go to court over that thing. So, okay, shh, that, that's not my kind of water thing. That's not my kind of water thing. So they say he wasn't a good neighbor. You know, quite a few of these people are coming up. Because they they weren't a good neighbor. They weren't good people to live with. Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, they say she was also another hellion. Isn't she the one who used to have the finger problem? She always was pick, um, picking up stuff in the store. Wasn't she the one? She was a little thief. Yeah, I think she was the one. Marlon Brando, and they said he was one who used to uh, be a little difficult also. You know Marlon Brando. His face is famously on the Godfather, um, you know, movie pictures. Yeah. Okay. So, hmm, who else? Who else you may know that you may like in there? Like, uh, if you really knew them up close, you wouldn't like them at all. I'm looking at some stuff, but uh, Isaiah Washington, they said that his big mouth almost sunk his shit. So they say on the set of Grey's Anatomy, uh, he was a mess. He said some things that were definitely um, offensive to some people. And uh, he's not very light on the show. And uh, hmm, they forced him to go to counseling. They say Chris Brown, yes, the famous singer. Chris Brown is also a bad neighbor. So, uh... You know, he the uh, y'all don't only know about him and Rihanna that he is really somebody you don't even want to live near. Wow. Let's see somebody else who Alec Baldwin. He's a cutie pie. Him and his brothers, they are all nice looking. I think he's one of the older. Baldwin's. He might even be the oldest, the oldest Baldwin brother. They say uh, he's another one who's hard to live around. Yeah. Wow. I don't know how many of these other people you know. 
because some of them I know by. I'm like, oh, okay, but I don't think, you know. Oh, Columbus Short is coming up on this list. Shantice would have a fit. And uh, they say, you know, he's always, you know, he was at one point always in, you know, uh, scandalous uh, arenas and, you know, um, accused of domestic violence and bar fights and nobody wanted to work with him after a while. And that was so sad because such a gifted, you know, young actor on our side of the fence. Yeah, let me see if you know anybody else on this list, because some of these people I know, but I really could care less about. Um, Ed no- Edward Norton. Let me see, because I don't want y'all to think I'm talking about the Honeymooners, man. Edward Norton, I like him a lot. Um, he, uh, another one who they say his behavior and he's a really good young actor. He's not as young as he used to be. But um he started out kinda on the young side and if he um you know, it's a shame that sometimes these people, you know, they have such talent. You know, all these people that I'm bringing up, they're pretty talented. But what's you know, what's the talent when no one really wants to be beside you on a set or, you know, live beside you, you know, in in, in in the world. You know, you spend all this money to have all these big um, homes and all this kind of stuff, and then the people don't even want to live around you. Mm. Oh, you know who else is on this list? William Shatner. Did he die? I think he might not be here with us anymore. But they say he was another one who had a really bad attitude on the set. Now y'all know William Shatner. He um he Star Trek. Star Trek. You know, he used to lead the Star Trek crew. And then he got another role that he was known for later on. And then he used to be the Priceline man on the commercials. Yeah, Captain Kirk, that's his name. Captain Kirk. Cameron Diaz. Um, she's on this list. You know, there's something about Mary. I hated that movie, but the girls, they love that movie. And... um She's in, she was an A-lister in Hollywood, but she didn't like to give autographs. So you don't want to help your fans? You don't want to do stuff for your fans? Man, if it weren't for your fans, you would be nothing. Yeah. So uh, they say Terrence Howard. Um, was, uh, you know, under the radar for domestic violence as well. Yeah. They said he had a couple of domestic violence incidences. And um, y'all all know who Terrence Howard is. 
Lucius Lyon was one of his biggest roles. He played in The Best Man as Quentin. Yeah. Oh, I know this face. Tommy Lee Jones is on the radar. Another one who uh, he didn't like signing autographs. And they say interviewers. Oh, they didn't like him. They did not like him at all. Justin Bieber is on this list as well as someone who uh, has been known for using racial slurs and spitting at fans. Wow. So those are just some of the people who uh, who came up on the radar for not being very likable, you know, on set. Like I said, um, living in your neighborhood, you know, they definitely weren't a Mr. and Mrs. Rogers, um, you know. And if you if you want these people to still watch your show look at you and buy box office tickets. You might have to do a little better than that because these are the people that keep money in your pocket. So I don't know, you know, sometimes we lose sight of certain things. So what are we talking about today, y'all? What are we talking about? Hmm. All right, so today I wanted to talk to you about this here. They say that this woman went to the ER with some severe abdominal pains. And you know what they found out? What was causing her the abdominal pain? Her herbal tea. Yeah. They say this 45-year-old woman drank tea daily for three days, this herbal tea, to improve her immunity. And then all of a sudden, she started experiencing some, excuse me, upper abdominal pain and nauseousness. And um, they ended up taking blood tests, and they found that her liver was getting damaged. Yes. Now, they were saying that certain herbal tea, when you drink it, Um, It has a rare um, effect on you, and most times it's often overlooked um, to cause liver disease. Yeah. And they said that this particular tea that she was drinking um, contained 23 different ingredients, including some type of a mushroom. I don't know, reishi mushrooms? I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. I probably am not. Aloe vera and Siberian ginseng. Now, I have to tell you, I've drank some herbal teas with at least those three ingredients in it. Now, they say she was hospitalized for five days, and, of course, she had to stop drinking the tea while she was there. And they say after three days, a blood test showed that her liver function had improved and she no longer had those symptoms. 
And when she was discharged, the doctor told her, uh, don't, don't drink that stuff. Don't drink that again. And after three months, <clears throat> excuse me, her liver blood tests were normal. Okay? And they say that herbal ingredients aren't regulated the same way other drugs are. So they'll say herbal ingredients aren't regulated in the same way as medications. Um, it just doesn't go through the same process. So, you know, they, a lot of times they're believing that herbal drinks or herbal um, uh, uh, components um, in food, <clears throat> excuse me, is safe because it's natural. But unfortunately, and I've heard this before, you've got to be real careful with natural um, components in, in foods and drinks because everybody's body can't handle it. No, it's very potent. Herbal ingredients are very potent, and some herbal um, herbal components can't be mixed. Um certain herbal um, uh, uh, components um, in foods um, really become toxic um, to your body. Yeah, everybody can't do the herbal thing. Everybody can't do the all-natural thing. So, you know, when you're drinking or eating, you know, all-natural things, but in this particular case, um, you know, herbal teas and stuff like that. Watch your body. Watch how your body is responding. You know, and like, you know, like this came after three days. And the pain, she said, was so bad. But she would have never thought it was coming from the herbal tea she was drinking. And remember now, in this particular herbal tea was 23 three ingredients and it was messing up her liver so everything ain't for everybody please keep that in mind everything is not for everybody so just because you know some people drink it and they do well it may not work for you the same way okay your body so what else are we talking about? Mm, let's see. I have a couple of whoppers I want to talk about. Um, now, this thing here. Okay, so if you're squeamish, if you're like, oh, I can't take that kind of, you know, language and stuff like that, I'm not going to curse. But it's it's pretty graphic here, um, and I'm bringing it up because it seems like <clears throat> we're not just, we're not catching on properly. Seems like we're still a little too trusting. So, <clears throat> excuse me. They say, "Wow, this woman trusted her fiance." Now, you know, people like to throw around husband and fiancé pretty loosely. But while she was like, 
doing her thing, shopping, and, um, you know, she she's going to have him drive her around, drop her off, and, you know, the kids going to stay in the car. You know how we do that thing? Kids going to stay in the car with the man, with the woman, um, you know, while you go inside and do what you need to do. Well, while he was driving around the kids, this woman to do what she wanted to do um they say that he showed one of the kids some porn and subsequently ended up asking the child to engage in some sexual activity and it went further than that and it tells the story of how this child ended up telling how this Michael Simpson, 24, young guy, 24, um, how he was propositioning her um, in the beginning. And it moved on from there. And some of the pornography was child pornography. And some of it was, you know, a different level of child of of uh, pornography and he says that it all started when he was in high school and as he got older it never he never outgrew it. He never outgrew the desire to watch the porn. Well unfortunately it didn't stay contained to him. So they say that this particular abuse um, it took place between January and August of 2021. And they say that the elementary school-age child told the investigators that he drove to a Target park- parking lot and asked, do you want to play with my thing? Yep. And... On occasion and at another time, um, he would follow that up by molesting the child. So they say at a later date, after dropping the, the, the mother at a shopping plaza, he sat in the car, watched pornography so that the child could see it, and masturbated in front of the child. And he asked the child to participate. And the child said, no, thank you. And ended up telling the family what happened. Now, check this out. Now, she, the child, I'm thinking it's a girl. They don't say. But the child is living with you. But told the family members. And I'm wondering why the child wasn't comfortable enough telling the, the, the parents. But ended up telling the um the the family and the family was the one who ended up telling the authorities. And he has now begun serving seven years. Um they say um, he has 
lewd and lascivious molestation by an adult on a victim under 12, lewd and lascivious exhibition by an adult on a victim under 16, lewd and lascivious conduct by an adult on a victim under 16 and providing obscene material to a minor. Now, that's the regular sentence, like the city and the state. Now, the feds have picked this up and gave him 20 years for enticement of a minor um, and it's going to run concurrently with the state time. So after he finishes the first seven years, then he'll continue them 13 fed years. So altogether, he got only 20 years, the maximum of 20 years, because it wasn't running consecutively. Now, if you did all of this, I'm trying to figure out why it couldn't run consecutively opposed to concurrently because they need to give him both he needs to to pick up both um, sentences and they need to be run separately you know so that meant he would have gotten 27 years but the most he'll do is 20 you know so he'll have a lot of time to be lewd and lascivious with uh, some people his own age. So, you know, I don't know if, you know, some people are happy with that. You know, if the family was happy with that. It doesn't say what mama um, did. Um, but, or what mama said. And, uh, you know, we got to make sure... We watch our children with these fiancés and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, again, you know, you figure in, oh, well, I'm just leaving him or her in the car. And look what took place in the car. This is not even something that took place in the home. This took place in the car. So here's my thing. Were you leaving them at home? Because Lord only knows if it's happening, um, you know, in in the car, then what's happening in the home. And, again, when they go away, you know, to prison, there's no counseling and, you know, stuff like that. They just serve time. You know, so do you do these 20 years? He's 24 years old. So does he come out at 44 and he's still you know, capable of doing these things? Something to think about. There's no counseling. There's nothing to hold them accountable for the actual, you know, crime they've committed. So, oh boy, please, ladies, 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 please, ladies, I'm going to ask you again, please, ladies, Please be careful with your children. Please be careful with your children. Clearly, you didn't vet this fiancé, because then he wouldn't be 
able to do this to your child. You know? Oh, what else are we talking about? Here's another story, y'all, that was really a very sickening story. So there was this man, um, Larry Price, who was 50 years old. Um, He was homeless, weighing 185 pounds. Um, He ended up being arrested during a mental health crisis. And they took him to jail, and they put him in solitary confinement in an Arkansas County jail. Well, again, um, he was homeless. He weighed in at 185 pounds, and they set his bail at $1,000. And unfortunately, he couldn't afford the bail. So they ended up putting him in there. And he stayed in there for quite some while. And uh, while he was waiting for his day in court, they put him in there and they neglected him. They say the the jail staff um, neglected him. He ended up losing 100 pounds. They say resembling a famine victim, and they say on the day of his death, he weighed 90 pounds, was more morbidly skeletal, and uh, he had really suffered that during the time he was in there, that he was asking for help. But they kept him locked up and confined for over a year, idly watching as he slowly faded away, losing more than a third of his body weight, and he died of acute dehydration and malnutrition. And he never even made it to his day in court. No. They say that he was arrested when he had um, a bout of psychosis and he would regularly visit the police department and that was very common for him to go to the police department when he was, you know, I kind of lost it a little bit or having one of the episodes and on August 19th he of 20 He went inside the police station, verbally threatened the officers, and made gun gestures with his hands. And they say that it was really a complete expression of his mental illness. So in other words, you know, they, they knew. They knew that something was wrong with him. And he ended up being arrested. And... They um, put him in this jail under first-degree terroristic threatening and set the bail at $1,000. Now, you could just tell that at $1,000, if that's what the um, – if that if they, they set the bail at $1,000, they really didn't pose no terroristic threat, but, you know, they do what they do. And um, 
They say when he was booked into jail, he was physically healthy and well-nourished at 6 feet tall, 185 pounds, and the physical condition, he was fine. The only thing is is that he was having a serious mental illness issue. They say that the jail staff was familiar with him because he had been there a couple times already. And, you know, he had been detained previously, and, you know, they kind of got it together, and, you know, he ended up leaving. But this particular episode was different. And he had asked to see a doctor, and he wasn't eating or drinking. He was, you know, the way he usually would. And he told them, that he was sick and he had lost a lot of weight and he needed to see the doctor. And they did not, you know, pay much attention to him. And three weeks later, a nurse was told that he was eating his own feces and drinking his own urine. That's how this had taken a turn for the worst. Uh, For the worst. And... They didn't do anything about it. They just let him, you know, sit there. And they said that during the month he died in August, the jail guards logged more than 4,000 well-being checks on him, writing inmate and cell okay. How in the world are you writing this? How in the world are you writing this? So they said that on the 29th of August, um, that correction officers found him without a pulse, lying in standing water and his own urine and unresponsive. And uh, they called for police. And later on, he was pronounced dead. And it was from malnutrition and dehydration where he weighed about um, 90 pounds. So his brother is suing, saying that, of course, you know, he was not taken proper care of. And, you know, you could tell he wasn't taken proper care of. You come in there at 185, and when they pick you up, you know, and they find you, you're 90 pounds. And what happened when they claimed that he was in the, you know, drinking his own urine and eating his own feces. What happened after that? You know, it doesn't sound like they paid too much more attention after that. And again, you know, this is how the mentally ill um, end up suffering. Because again, why was he put in regular jail and not a mental, you know, Institution. They don't even say that he was put in the mental ward of this um, facility, of this jail facility. They said he was put into solitary confinement. How could you put a person who's mentally ill in solitary confinement and leave him there? And thus, this is what happened. So, you know, we really really sorry to hear, you know, things like this, um, 
And, you know, we have some other stuff to talk about. But, you know, I'll take a little break and, you know, pull up our girl, Pastor Charlotte. Good morning, Pastor Charlotte. Good morning, Pastor Steph. How are you this morning, my dear? I am well, thank you. I'm well. How are you? I am well. Good, 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 good. Good, good, and good again. All right, Pastor Charlene. So we're talking about, let's see, where do we start? Um, No, we don't talk about that one. Uh, This this, uh, fiancé. You know, um, how the child was riding around. This was a norm for mom to be taken on her shopping escapades or her, you know, runs and the child would be, and the children would be left in the car, but this one particular child um, was left in the car, um, you know, showing the child pornography, um, offering for the child to, you know, touch him, um, and, you know, the child at the end of the day, you know, after, um, you know, had experienced um, molestation by this particular person, um, you know, he asks the child one more time, and the child says, no, thank you, and then tells the family doesn't even mention mom in this entire article. Doesn't mention that it was told to mom, how mom responded, if mom knew. You know, I find it interesting that they say the child went to the family and the family was the one that reported it, but they never mentioned that, you know, there was any negligence from the mother um, so it makes you think that the child didn't say anything to the mother. I, I don't know. What's your thought? Was, as you were saying, the story of if this was something that all the time, that he already had the time of how long she takes to shop. Um, and also that with that, for him to get away with this, he knew also that, her mind wasn't really on her children because for the child not to tell the mother first and to go into, well, I won't even say that the child didn't tell the mother first because sometimes that they, they try to talk to you, but, oh, you don't know what you're talking about, you know, and you send them on and not really paying attention because she's so in love with whatever. It could have been him. It could have been his money, you know, if she's shopping all the time. Um, and being able to leave this kid with him in the car. My thought was as, as well as yours. If this happened in the car, what can you imagine what happened when she left the baby at home with mm-hmm. him in the house? You yeah. know, if you're the person that's always on the go, you know what I mean? He got you time, so she might be that one. Oh, call me, baby. I'm just making sure that you're okay. So call me when you're on your way back home. Mm-hmm. So he'll be able to clean up before she gets home. Um, kids will go to someone else to tell them. I I still want to stand on that the kid probably tried to tell her or she knew or he, right, because we don't know if it's girl or boy, that um, the mother just not going to listen. She's so busy into him 
the man that she's not paying her children any attention. So that was a thought for me. I know. It's very easy to um, draw that conclusion, despite the fact that, you know, we don't know all the pieces to the puzzle. Um, what, What would you say about this fiancé thing, you know, and leaving, you know, trusting these fiancés with your children? You know, what would you say to, you know, these women out here? Well, not just the fiancés. Um, their fathers, let's look at what's going on. They own biological fathers, uncles, are doing the same to them. Um, my thought was, my, I always hearing my grandmother telling me, because um, we had got into it when I started having my children, that, you know, that horsey that you put the kid on your lap, you know, and you bounce around, uh-huh. you know what I'm talking about? My grandma used to always say, nope, don't, they can't do that. They're biological father. <laughs> they can't do that. Um, and watch how he grabbed her, you know, because they grabbed them, even though they don't have no breasts, but their hands is on their little, you know, nip-nips, you know, um, and men get excited over that children running around and they don't have no and we all have done it the kids jump out the tub right and and they're they're naked one of the things that you don't know is what a person is thinking because you think that it cannot happen to me you think that you know this person um and you really don't know the minds of the person you know now we you know we we talk about mental so you don't know what a person is thinking. You don't know what a person is doing unless they are standing in front of you. And now you don't even can't even say that because my grandma always say that you don't know what Willie, he'll jump up and say hello, and you don't even know it because you're so busy <laughs> engaging into something else, you're not paying Willie no mind. Right, okay, so mm-hmm. you got it. So I hope everybody else got it too. <laughs> I got it. You know. So, for ladies, you must, you must, you must pay attention. Hear your children. Don't think that they are just talking sideways. Pay attention to them. Pay attention to, it's hard nowadays to really date because you don't know who you date. You don't know if you dating him by yourself or he got a other or he got the other side he dating as well. Pay attention. Do not allow these men or women <laughs> or women being able to have so much time with your responsibility as a mother to take and raise your children. Be careful. Watch how many times he's looking at your kids. Pay attention. It sounds kind of crazy, but it's the truth. Because we have so many more stories that are coming out, you know, and you just don't know. Pay attention. And don't always allow them to do all this babysitting. Take your kid with you. Safety, take your kid with you. So that's what I think. Uh-huh. All right. Watch Willie. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much. 
Uh, let's talk to our Pastor Jeff and see what he has to say about this area of our conversation. Good morning, Pastor Jeff. Good morning. How are you? I'm well, thanks. How are you? I'm well, I'm well. Good, good, good. Pastor Jeff, you know, we're talking about, you know, this story with this woman um, and uh, her fiancé, quote-unquote, um, who she had uh, driving her children around, you know, keeping time while she runs errands, while she shops. Um, you know, there's one story of him dropping her off at a mall and, uh, you know, they're riding around in the car. He stops in the Target parking lot, shows the child pornography. He's watching the pornography while the child can see the pornography going on. Sometimes it was child pornography. Other times it was other areas of pornography. Um, asks the child, um, does, you know, do they want to touch his thing? And, you know, then... Uh, another time, it was followed up with the actual molestation. Um, you know, it, it, this 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 went on until the child told relatives, and the relatives was the one who turned um, this this young man in. Um, you know, what are we saying to these women? You're a man. You know, what are you telling these women who are so trusting? We know that women do it too, but we ain't talking about the women today. We're talking about, you know, these guys. And I really want to hone in on this. You know, well, he's my fiancé, so he's trustworthy. What do you want to tell these women out here about men and trusting some men, not all men, with your children? Well, you know, that's a sore subject for me because I'll be wanting to, you know, crucify <laughs> these, 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 these men. But I, I, you know, I growing up and watching a lot of things, and I see, I see so much of that. And these women make safe havens for these, for these, for these perverts to get away with their mess, and then they protect them because they don't want to lose their man, and you know, they they don't want to be by themselves and. And I, you know, I got a real problem because you protect the child at all costs. And my thing is, even if you trust them, like growing up, my daughter, you know, I, you know, I brought my daughter around, my brothers, and I, I, I trusted them, but I still watched them, and I still questioned my daughter, you know, concerning them, you know, Absolutely. and concerning, concerning her grandfather, concerning it didn't matter. And I still do it with my granddaughter. I do it. I still have a little daughter who's nine, and I'm always questioning her. And, you know, because you don't know what's in a, in a man's mind. You don't know what's going on with him. He could be the – I found some of those guys to be the nicest guys you ever want to meet. Everybody in the neighborhood yep. loves them. Yep. They're those type yep. of people. And they they just so, you know, community. They're so, you know – and you you have to really guard your children and and I get angry at these women who would you know lead, just you know don't watch their children don't don't 
question. Don't look. Observe. I don't care if it is biological. You, you understand? You know, just observe. Just look. You know, you ain't got to make the man feel funny or accuse him of anything. But keep an eye out. Be aware. Put your children first. You know, stop, stop you know, shopping and everything else is more important. I see these women, they want to go to parties and they just leave their kids with anybody they can drop them with. You know, I, I, I get angry at that. And, I, you know, and I, I, I just, you know, it makes me angry. It's like, man, what's wrong with y'all? You know, you have these babies and then you don't want to protect them. Absolutely, so, absolutely. Absolutely. You do have to ask. You do have to watch. I don't care how... Like you said, what's the relationship, how comfortable you may feel, you know, oh, well, it should be okay to, you know, or with uncle so-and-so, cousin so-and-so. I I never understood that either, this, this looseness um, of, of some of these women. And, again, like both of you have said, you know, that's because your mind ain't on your kids. Your mind is on whatever extracurricular activity you got going on. So, yeah, you got to ask. Yeah, you got to watch. Ah, thank you for joining us, Pastor Charlene and uh, Pastor Jeff. Let's say good morning to Pastor KL. Good morning, Pastor KL. Oh, praise the Lord. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Hallelujah. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you? I'm blessed. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. I'm well. Thank you. You know, I I had a great aunt, and she would tell you, oh, my gosh. Uh, It's funny. We were talking about this um, while we were away um, a week or so ago, and I had an aunt who used to tell you that, uh, you know, a sleeping thing ain't always sleeping, and you got to be on the look. And... You know, Pastor Charlotte says, Grandma used to say, watch out for Willie. You know, and she was very, very, very candid, Pastor KL, to the point of she would tell me, I don't care if that is (laughs) her father. (laughs) You know, how serious is this thing in your head when you hear of these women and their fiancés and, you know, all of this, this, this comfortability when they're leaving their children around these men? Well, I mean, it's very serious. It's very, very serious. However, I'm going to take it a whole nother turn. You know, um, sometimes when women have three and four children by different men, they feel that it's hard to settle down or get anybody. So here comes here comes Prince Charming who's willing to take care of the entire family. Now, now mind you, he's one of the baby daddies. Let's say he's the last baby dad. But he's willing to take the whole package. And, and at this point, you got tired of eating ravioli. You got, you got tired of living from, from pillar to post. You know, you had no place to stay. And now he gives you stability. And now in your mind, you know what's going on with one of your children. But you can't afford to lose everything that you got. So, so not that it doesn't bother you, but it bothers you more if, if all the other children lose. So sometimes they sacrifice one child 
for the whole family. You know, and, and, and that's horrible. But but sometimes, depending on where their position is, they don't want to go back to where they where they was. He's not he's not really that bad. He's not hurting her that bad. It's gonna be all right. She's gonna learn one day anyway. That's the mentality of some women. You know, I have to save my family, and if that means I have to sacrifice you to save it, then that's what I'm gonna do. Oh goodness gracious! So, what are you telling these women as as coming from a male standpoint? If that's the scenario, from, from a male from a male standpoint is listen, hurt love don't hurt that bad. So it, it, it it's hurting you, and it's definitely hurting her. You know, so so do, do not use your child as a pawn. First of all, your your child didn't ask to be here because you wanted to have so much fun with so many different men. These are the results of your behavior. Now you have to deal with, with, with what's on the table. And it does not mean putting your child on the table. She's not, she's not what you serve up. She's not the recipe. You know, you, if, if this is what you decided to do, you need a woman up or you need a man up. Take care of your responsibility. If that means you have to eat ravioli every day until you can get to the next level, then eat ravioli every day. You know, we, we, we can't eat steak and sacrifice the child. That, that, that's not good. All righty, all righty. Thank you, my pastoral team, uh, for speaking this morning. And maybe somebody's, you know, maybe somebody's listening. You know, maybe somebody will take this piece of information and, you know, this story will make a difference and, in, 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 you know, open up their eyes. All right. Well, we've got a story this morning. <laughs> so there's a Russian man who has a wife, and he's giving her all of his money. Uh, on a regular basis, you know, she's taking care of the family, you know, what he's doing is working and bringing home um, his his uh, his money. So, you know, how they say, oh, you know, you just drop the money on the table. Uh, 36 years old, and he becomes aware that they don't have as much money as he thinks they should because come to find out, she's been taking the money and giving all the money to the church. And he constantly has this conversation with her. He's not happy with the conversation and ends up setting the church on fire. <laughs> he going to make sure this church does not get his money. He says the four, uh, the father of four argued with his wife, a church worker, since she donated all the money. And after loading up on gasoline on a Sunday morning, he drove to the church, doused the building in fuel, and then lit it on fire after he made sure that nobody was inside the church. And they said that this man worked nonstop. And um, you know, was giving him, giving her all the wife, all the money, 
and never realized that she donated almost all of his earnings to the church. And subsequently, this is how he ended up, you know, like taking out his anger. You know, he didn't kill her, didn't hurt the kids, but went straight to the church house and set the church house on fire. Now, I was looking at some of the comments here. Well, you know what, before we go there, let's start with you, Pastor Charlotte. Well, what, 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 what would you say about giving, you know, her giving all of his money to the church? That was crazy. It made me, I was over here chuckling a little bit because that's what my son said. He came and took me to the pastor and told me he's taking all my mother's money. Wow, (laughs) really? Yeah, he came in and he told him that you, and loud, my my children are very loud. Um, This is, oh God, I don't even know how many years back. But he came in and he said it in front of all the people that you in here, you are pimp. You are coming here and you take all of these women money. And he said, and I'm letting you know you want to stop taking my mother's money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. <laughs> but he did. Wow. Because every time I turn around, you got new jewelry and you got on a new suit and you got on some new shoes. I'm like, how do you know that? You don't even come to church. But oh, my. But he did. And oh, yeah. Um, I was giving it Wow. <laughs> It, it, it was true, um, and for the for the man, not all his money to go there. Her mind is is brainwashed or whatever that they're telling him. And I've sat in ministries um, and see how fifteen different plates go around, and you need to have this, and for you to 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 get closer to God, that you have to give money. So I've heard a lot of crazy. Through my journey um, of being around, um, far as her, somebody should have been able. He should have been able to stop it before, but he trusted her and thinking that the money was going into the right place. Am I right? He trusted her. He gave her the check. You said put it on the table because I think I missed that piece. Yeah, that that is what he normally okay. did. You know, the, the money goes okay. on the table, and I'm expecting you, you know, to handle the finances of the home. Right. Okay. So that that does play because of, once again, it's the mindset of the people. And when someone knows that they can, as my son say, pimp them, but manipulate them in their minds and just continue to continue to bring this money in, you know, and find creative ways of telling you to bring money so it is possible. We know it's possible. I'm asking, you know, what's the thought of her giving all the he, – she, he said she donated all his money to the church. So we know right. it's possible. Like you like said, you know, Pastor, uh, Pastor Kiel has said – you know, in the past, that you know, he holds back five dollars, ten dollars, because he know the play coming back around. You know, so we know mm-hmm. we know it's possible. You know, what are we saying about the extremity? You know, the, how extreme this is. You know, because I want to read some comments 
from the people who read this article. And so I'm trying to pick out, you know, what you all think first, you know, before we even get to their comments. Well, let me ask you something something before you go there. How, How did your son arrive at believing that you were being pimped? Because I, at that time I wasn't working, and that's when I had just stopped working. And I would always ask them for money. And so they said, Ma, we just gave you money last week, you know, and, oh, but I need money because we have to buy this or we have to go here or we have to do this. And he was like, Every time I turn around, you're not asking for like five dollars, twenty dollars. What are you? What is he doing in there? And I didn't even know my son was coming. <laughs> so he, they must have talked among each other. My kids among each other, and he was the spokesperson. So he went in and he told him, "Why every time I turn around, that my mother needs money? Are you pimping her?" To get you to give it, put it in your pocket. So the pastor tried to laugh it off. He said, "No, I'm serious. I ain't laughing with you. We ain't friends, you know." So it was a big, a big thing that I had to go in get my son about the building because I know him, his temper. So that's where it was. It was the mindset of him having our minds. And he knew who to, to talk to because some people are, going to, are not going to do it, and then you have others because of the mindset and will be able to be easy to give you the money. No questions asked because who you are, and that's where the thing comes in. Because of that title, you think that you're doing the right thing. Okay, okay. Mm-mm-mm. Pastor Jeff. You know, the, all the money. <laughs> he, You know, she didn't give 10%. She went the opposite way. Since he, she donated all, donated all his money. And to the point of, you know, I've, I've talked to you about this already. You ain't paying me no mind. Not a whole church building got to come down. How do we get to donating all the money? Well, listen. Don't don't blame the preacher. Don't blame the preacher. <laughs> Everybody want to blame the preacher. I've had women come in my church and do things like that. They were trying to get the attention of the pastor. I didn't ask them to do that. You know, they they would. You know, so I've had some of them empty out their bank accounts, and I didn't know it. Uh, make sure I saw that they put a few thousand dollars in the plate, you know, all of that, just to see if they could, you know, get some type of spell over me, utilizing their money. So don't don't always blame the preacher like he's manipulating that money out of their pocket. He don't know whether she gave her all her husband's money. He don't know how much money the husband had. You, you understand? So, you know, but the husband don't have to worry about his money now for a lot of years because he's going to jail for arson. You know, how stupid can you be, man? Get your house in order. Check your stuff. Don't don't get mad when the next man, what, what LL Cool J said, he'll do everything your man won't do. 
I mean, step your game up, be in charge of your house, be in charge of your finances, and this, this wouldn't happen. He up there wow. trusting, trusting, and then want to burn the church down. You know, you know, you need to check yourself. All right now, say it, Pastor Jeff. <laughs> Don't blame the preacher. Oh, Pastor KL. Uh, what's your thought? All the money. First of all, I want to know: Does Pastor Jeff live in New York? Yes. Uh, well, the reason why I asked is because I've never encountered anybody putting three thousand dollars in my plate. So I'm trying to see out what messages if he preaches. You know, I want, I want to get one of those messages. So that that, oh, that is uh, this was uh, in this was in California. A, oh, that's a that's a money cometh message. I, I need one of those messages. So um, now, as a pastor, if you give me all your money, God bless you. God bless you. I don't know, you know, I'm like Pastor Jeff. I don't know where the money's coming from. You know, bring, hey, bring your money to the storehouse so there might be meat in your house. You know, I mean, I, 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 me as a pastor, I'm not upset. Now, you as a husband, I know you're quite perturbed. However, you, you're not checking balancing what's going on. At, at no point do you know there's no money left. How do you do this every week or every two weeks or whatever, and, and you don't know any balances? And then all of a sudden you find out that you have no money. You, you, don't, have, you don't have any control over your house. You don't know what's going on. You just giving up this money, closed eyes, and believing that that stuff is already done. Now, at some point, you had to be lacking somewhere where, where, where you should have been. Well, why? Why? Why are we eating bologna today? I know we had enough money for, for at least a hot dog. You know, at, at some point, it should have rang in your head that this is not how we should be eating. Why, why are the bills just partially paid and they are on, on, on a payment arrangement as opposed to us just paying it out? I've given you enough money. Why are the lights out today? You know, there had to be some kind of signal to show you that she wasn't doing what she was supposed to do with the money. Okay. I have a question. I have a question. Pastor Charlotte, if you were to find out that sister or brother so-and-so is giving all their money, because sometimes you don't know as the pastor, you know, what is coming into the church from an individual. But if, let's say for argument's sake, the deacons or the financial secretary says, you know, um, you know, and this may this is a this may seem to be a weird question, so don't let me let me preface, you know, what I'm gonna say with that. So you find out that they given she's given all the money, all this money. Do you say anything to her? I would, and because. If you cannot, you can't afford to not have your lights on. You can't afford to be able to take care of your household as well. Um, 
and I would sit and have the conversation if I found out that that's what they were doing, you know, and then you don't have anything, you know, to take care of you at home or your family. So I would. Pastor Jeff, if you were to find out that Sister Sally was given all the paycheck, would you say anything? I have. I mean, okay. I've, I've seen people come in there and not take care of their household and, and watched how they was given, and I have, you know, talked to them and done that. But, I mean, I know I'm probably rare, <laughs> you know, with that, but i actually concerned about people. So when I see it, yeah, I do. I speak on it. Okay, okay. Pastor KL, would you? I think right after I pay the lights and the, and the rent, you know, I definitely go to you and say, you know, we got a little left over. You know, do you, you know what? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, don't be no fool now. <laughs> oh, my God. You, you, give, you, you give it up a little too much. I think that you need to take this back, you know, uh, and take care of your family. The, 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 the church is paid for now. We appreciate you. So you, is this, this is, I'm not, no judgment. I'm just trying to figure out if this is the real answer. So after, then you would say something, not just say something, period. No, 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 of course I would say something. If I find that, that, you know, and then, then a lot of times, you know, your family shows, you know, if your family coming in here nappy headed and clothes dirty, but you're trying to give all your money, you know, we, 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 we would have a conversation. You know, there, there, you know, there's a problem with that. This money, you could have bought a washing machine. You know, we, we could have did something. But, but I mean, it's important. You know, ministry begins at home, so it's important to take care of your house first. You know, you have to take. And, and, and like Pastor Charlene said, you know, we we've seen many, 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 many lines. You know, where where they say, okay, come on, I see, a, I see a, ten people with a hundred dollars. Or if you don't have it, get a partner. You get 50 in, and they get 50. Y'all come up together. If y'all don't have it, y'all get five parties. Everybody bring $20. $20. So, I mean, I, I've seen a lot of folks, you know, there's a lot of folks who could raise money very, very, very well, you know, and, and they'll they'll get you. Okay? So, but, but you gotta you got to be careful because after they get you, they leave. Especially if, it, if, it's, a, if it's a pastor who's a visiting pastor, you know, they, they, they have what's called honorariums, they, you know, and when they come in, they've already made an agreement with the pastor that whatever I raise, I'm taking half of it. So it's their job to raise as much money as they can because they write their own check. And, and they're charismatic, and, and they say what they need to say, and they get you. So you have to be careful. All righty, all righty. I want to talk about some of the comments that were made because this is what people think. So... Somebody wrote, God doesn't need your money. The corrupt people that lie and say they serve God do. How would you respond to that one, Pastor Jeff? Well, you know how I'm going to respond to that. What makes the people that serve God got bills to pay too. You know, they got their own house to take care of, and then you want them to take care of the house of God and all of that. They, they, you know, they can't do it all. It's a community. And, you know, and we're all supposed to 
you know, pitch in and get that thing done. So, you know, them calling them corrupt. Those people that say that, then they're people that never tried to help the cause of God anyway. They ain't never tried to build anything for the Lord. So I wouldn't even, you know, I disregard what they say. Okay. Pastor KL. No, that's the response. You know, that's one of the responses. Um, God doesn't need your money. The corrupt people that lie and say they serve God do. How would you respond to someone who said that to you? Well, okay, it has to. God, God don't need your money. You know, how, however, there is a mandate of tithes that don't belong to you. You know, it, it, it bring your ties to the storehouse. You know, it, it does not belong to you. So, no, he can make it without you. But the question is, can you make it without him? Because he, he can do anything. He, he can blow on your change and turn that into, you know, thousands of dollars. But but would you stump your own growth or, or, or stop your own blessing because of this mentality? I hope not. All righty. Uh, Pastor Charlene, we know people always use excuses um, about, you know, why they don't go to church. Any little thing, the wind blow a little too hard, you know, that's why they don't go to church. And one person says she was dead wrong for giving his money to that church. (laughs) Most likely she was manipulated into doing so. How would you respond to that one? Oh, that goes back to what I had said at the beginning, that some places they do manipulate you because I experienced that for myself. So, but you have to get out of that mindset of being manipulated and being able to go to the low way. So that's, you know, pretty much what I said already. All righty. Someone said, you can't buy your way into heaven, period. Pastor KL, how do you respond to that one? No, but you surely can put a down payment on it. The way you live. <laughs> oh my lord! <laughs> <laughs> no, you, oh, my you can't buy your way into heaven, but 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 there is a way of life that Christians should walk, Christians should talk, Christians should be. You know that 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 gets you into heaven. You know, it, it's it's just not one thing, and I think people just look at one thing. People look at well, I go to church. So I'm automatically going to heaven. Well, I pay my tithes, so I'm automatically going to heaven. There is a combination of things that gets you the key into the kingdom. You know, just because you're good at singing on the choir don't mean you're going to be in the heavenly choir. So, again, these mentalities that these people have is misconstrued. All right, Pastor Charlene, you can't buy your way in. How do you respond to that one? No, you cannot buy your way in with money. Money is not going to get that because your heart is probably black. You know, um, certain things that you, your mindset is you don't have the relationship with him. So if you're thinking that your money is going to get you in, like they say, the money will put them in the front seat. 
I've, you know, some people who have money, they'll put you in the front seat and make you get up and put somebody else there if you was always sitting there. So money will not be able. You cannot buy your way in. All right. And Pastor Jeff, how do you respond to you can buy your way in? So keep on giving. Well, I but agree. That is- I agree mm-hmm. that you can't buy your way in, but that money sure shows where your heart is. And if you can't give, you understand, it is a show. Where you put your money is, you know, the Bible says. I like that. I like your that tre- one. Your, your treasure is. So you just show me that you ain't going on your way to heaven when you, can't, when you can't give and when you can't let go. And when you put money above the things of God, when you are, will not contribute to the things of God. So you just show me where you're at. some hearts in this church. Fix them hearts, Lord. Fix them hearts, Jesus. <laughs> mm, all right. I actually, actually like these responses, you know, because we're always approached, um, you know, uh, with these type of situations where we're, you know, for lack of a better word, defending, you know, what, why people should or why they shouldn't, um, you know, do what they do. And, you know, whether we want to address it or not, we have people right in the church who say it. These are the people on the outside of the church just hearing the story, um, you know. Uh, and here we are, you know, or we've, we're faced with this stuff all the time because, again, this is misleading of, you know, what you should do. So... We want to say thank you to our pastoral team this morning. Thank you so much for your contribution into today's conversation. And we pray you have a blessed day. You all do the same. Thank you. you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. Well, we're going to take this time. To uh, hold hands and hold hearts and go before the Lord. Uh, I tell you, a lot to think about. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you, God, and we thank you for allowing us to come into this day with brand new um, mercies. Brand new tender mercies to Heavenly Father. And we're giving you um, the glory and the honor this morning. So rightly due to you, we bring these matters to Heavenly Father before you. We bring these people before you to Heavenly Father. And Lord, we're just asking you to be with, um, you know, the, the, the gentleman Um, This Michael Simpson God Who is now serving time For uh, You know The indiscretions That you know Was bestowed and the Molestation and the Ill treatment that was Given and passed down to this Child the Heavenly Father We're asking you God to clean his heart Clean his mind 
clean his soul, dear Heavenly Father, as long as you continue to wake him up, God. All is not lost. Now, we don't know why, God. We don't know what, you know, uh, gave him the inkling to do this, the inclination to just move in this matter where he's not even taken into consideration the child, God. Our children, it's like a war against them now where they are just attacked from every way they turn to Heavenly Father. If it's not the mother, it's the partner. If it's not, you know, the the the, the husband, you know, it's the mother, God. It's the grandparents. It's the teachers. Lord, it's everybody who's attacking our children today, God. And, Lord, we lift our children before you. Because they need you, God. And we're asking you, dear Heavenly Father, to just put your arms around our children and protect them. And we are just so grateful, God, for those who are in church, who are picking up the tools and the key to, you know, just learning to live the right way. The children who are learning to pray the children who are learning to give God thanks, the children who are wor- um, learning to worship and praise you, dear Heavenly Father. And we pray, God, that as they go into the schools, as they go over to a friend's home, as they go over to other uh, relatives' homes, that they are protected, God, that they would take all that learning with them, dear Heavenly Father. And that it would be a barrier of protection and an arc of safety around them, dear Heavenly Father. Lord, we're lifting up the church, dear Heavenly Father. Lord, we're lifting up the church that we would again and again and again sound the proper alarms in people's lives. We are the representation of you, God. And we have failed you so many times for greed, you know, for prestige. And to Heavenly Father, the world is dying already, and now the church is helping to pull it down. And, Lord, we're praying that, you know, that the leaders, God, would pay attention to your word, that they would understand that there's an accountability for us leading your people onto a path of righteousness, God, that they should not be victimized by this the, the church, the Heavenly Father. And, Lord, as, you know, the question was asked, you know, are you seeing about the welfare of the home? Lord, we ask that more, um, more leaders speak up more leaders pay attention that it's not just about what the church can get but that we make sure that they understand their ultimate obligation to you and their ultimate obligation to their family that neither would be left suffering because somewhere along the way things got askewed hello we're asking you to help this family that now the husband is going to have to serve time so there won't be that income in the home. 
And we don't know why she was giving all of his income to the church. We know that's not what you mandate. And, Lord, we're asking you to now help them, their children in this home, God. And and now we don't know what kind of uh, condition that the home will be left in, dear Heavenly Father. We pray for this gentleman's heart that he would not be turned from the church, that you would deal with him, that you would help him understand, you know, what he should and how he should look at it, dear God. He's already burned down the church, so we already know how he feels about the church. But we pray, dear Heavenly Father, that you just turn that all around, that he's not left there, that there is some level of understanding and forgiveness that even he has to um, give towards the wife. Lord, we're just a mess. We're just a mess. This world is a mess. And, Lord, we're asking you to just raise your people up because the more we speak up, the better we will be to this world that we have a larger obligation than we believe we do. Thank you, Father, for investing in us one more day and helping us to understand some things that may may not have been clear before the broadcast. But we pray for a level of clarity, understanding, and wisdom, God, now that we're here. Again, we say thank you for all that you do that we know about and all that you do that we don't have a clue that you're working on. We ask you to bless our pastoral team, God, that as they come on each week, you would just endow them with all the information and wisdom that they need to serve your people, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You know, it's interesting because our numbers have shot up. Yeah, they have, they have, I mean, they have shot up. And I don't know exactly, you know, what happened to turn the tide. You know, where we're getting a lot more listeners each day. Um, but I give God thanks. Um, with this broadcast, you know, and all that we can, you know, feed his people, you know, it, it, we we're, we we have an exceptional, exceptional gift, you know, where, you know, God gives everybody who comes on this broadcast something to offer his people. And, you know, we started yesterday with the battles, and we have today, you know, where we're talking to our church folk. We're talking to the congregation. Um, We're talking to the church, you know, to to strike a balance. You know, um, I just had to explain to someone, you know, what the difference of tithes and offering is. And, you know, I I had to say to the person, 
you know, if you have a heart to give, if God has placed it on your heart to give, then understand what the difference is. God needed me to make sure that you understood what the difference was because there was a lack of terminology being used and it wasn't, you know, accurate. And, you know, I knew that I would have to say something eventually, but the Lord, you know, kind of pushed that forward. And I give God thanks because now you can't say you don't know. You know, he gave me the words, you know, to say and and how to break it down. And when the person, you know, when I finished, the person said that they understood. And, you know, my prayer is that as God is, is touching on each and every one of our lives, that we respond appropriately that there would be a return on God's investment. I can't stress it enough how just by you listening each day, how he's bringing you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We're talking about everything these days. And that's why we've been given the news to talk about. Because we have to speak to a dying world within the dying world. We're not on the outside looking in. You know, we have to be able to immediately hear these stories and be able to see what's wrong and to give some godly direction. And that's not light. Stuff. That's not life stuff. You know, we can preach from the Bible all we want. And we, you know, give an explanation as to what the parables mean and to what these particular verses mean and what these stories mean. We can do that all day, every day. But we have to speak to this dying world from what they're living in. And that's where the news comes in. You know, we have to, you know, speak to, you know, the men and women in the church who are still leaving their children with these men and these women who are not properly taking care of their children. This is the church, too. It's not only outsiders. This is the church, too. We have an obligation to take care of our own. We have an obligation to point out the things that are happening in this world and say, don't let this be you. That's our obligation. You know, Shanti's brought it up yesterday that we have an obligation to evangelize. Well, what better way to evangelize than to talk from an angle that they're living in. That's something that they're possibly doing secretly. How many people are we speaking to that are in this situation right now? We don't know. And again, like I said, our numbers, I mean, our numbers have jumped. 
I'm not talking about, you know, a, a 30 or 40 people. No. Our numbers have increased. Well, here's the thing. Our presence has increased. Yeah, the due time cruise presence has increased. You know, and we've increased. We've increased as we, you know, go out and we interview people, you know, at these events. That's an increase in people hearing about us. How many of those people are actually now trying to say, well, what's this is due time with Pastor Steph? As we give out the website and we give out, you know, the platforms that we, you know, can be heard on. Listen, our presence is increasing, so therefore our listeners and our listens have now increased. That's why you have to do what God tells you to do. We would not know that people would ask for us to cover these events, you know. But look at what's happening. It's now returning into people listening to God's word. And we give God thanks for that. We're giving God thanks that he can use us again, not on the outside looking in, but we're inside. We're in the trenches, talking to people, just hearing what they have to say, and at the same time filtering God in them. You know, God has told me he's going through the back door because, you know, these days and times, people don't outright want to hear God, 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 God. God says, listen, I'm very strategic. And I'm going to get my word out there one way or another. And I'm going to use you to do it. So when we come on each morning, although it's blatant, you know, and and we're hearing God, 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 because they've been given or you've been given the laughter behind it, because the collars are not up and the high heel shoes are not on and, you know, the church hats are, you know, bigger than some people's, you know, whole pew. We are still able to work with who we're dealing with. We have, we're regular people. That's all we've ever done. We have brought who we are to the table. You know, I, I laughed when when I thought about Bishop Battle who said, you know, we walk outside, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll pinch a butt or I'll slap a butt. That's the bishop talking. And I, I so appreciate the candidness and the openness and people just being themselves. Because people have already been to church. They've already been there. And they may not necessarily want to go to church. Well, they're being churched. They're getting church Monday through Friday. Seven days a week. 365 days a year. They're giving church just in a whole different way. 
it's just presented in a different way. God is amazing. Because people can identify with us. People can identify with the rotten kids. People can identify with, you know, trouble in your relationship. People can identify with, you know, going to a church and now, you know, things just don't seem right and, you know, I may be having to, to move. You know, people are talking about, you know, the problems on their job or their neighbors. We've talked about all of this stuff right here. So we're able to reach a group that's not going to church. You know, God actually put this on right at the beginning of the pandemic. And here we are, still doing what we do, still enjoying, you know, the guests. You know, we have more guests to come. The guests are, you know, the people are responding. So the calendar is is building. And uh, we're giving God thanks for how he uses us on a regular basis. How he's chosen us. Every day I wake up, I thank God for choosing us again and again. That means you're not finished with Stephanie yet. I still have something to offer. Are you still giving me so that I can give your people? Thank you. I appreciate you for that. You know, you didn't walk off and leave me because I made a mistake or because I made a wrong decision. That's not the kind of God we serve. Now, your lifestyle adjustment is something completely different. But we're going to bumble and stumble and we're going to fall and we're going to, you know, make mistakes. And we serve a God who's forgiving. And how many times have we spoken about that right here on this broadcast about forgiving others? And understanding at the same time and being reminded that God forgave me. So I must forgive others. So we learn so much as we come on here on this due time every day. And, you know, we don't want you to burn the the church down in your mind, in your heart, in your spirit, or for real. Serve God and see how he can turn everything around. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my Due Time crew, my pastoral team for coming through big time for us today. Oh, and we thank you for hanging out with us. Please do not miss this opportunity to give Jesus your life right now. Or strengthen that relationship with the Lord right now because later is not promised to us. Until tomorrow, God spares, where it's well Wednesday. I love you.